0: Two episodes of our childish Gambino podcast. Because I don't know if y'all heard part one of our childish Gambino episode.
1: (laughs) it
0: was wild it was so wild <laughs> y'all it was incredible we have eight albums of which to rank and we did four of them and it took us close to an hour which means we have four albums left so that means me Evan Soddy co-creator Taryn O'Reilly and special guest you can find him on Instagram kid underscore Cody with a K 92 uh, Cody Gordon is here they're
1: gonna think the with a K is part of it
0: yeah, yeah it's fine that
2: I know fine. <laughs> if you really
0: want to type out with a K you should create you create a Finsta under that one too uh, either way Ugh. uh I want to say we're all here. We're talking about Childish Gambino. We've ranked four of his albums already, so for the record, we're not going to talk about those albums or what their orders were. Just know all that is in the first episode. You need to listen to the first episode. It is vital you listen to the first episode to do it because on our part two, we're going to rank his number one album out of the four we have left. What are they? Glad you asked. They are Royalty from 2012, the mixtape. There is the studio album Because the Internet from 2013. There is the Poppy P. Kawaii from 2014. And there is his most recent release, 31520 from 2020. Uh, did not come out on three fifteen twenty. Fun fact. The stream did. Well, on this website. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's what it's named after. It the initial experience yeah. of the album.
0: So we got those things left, and we're in kind of a tricky place right now because we have these things, and we really haven't talked about royalty because the you know kawaii or three fifteen twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So, a uh, special guest, Cody Gordon, contact him for your headshots and other photography needs, as well as podcasting. What is the name of the podcast
2: that you were going to start? Uh, sneakers. sneakers. Or, uh, no, no, sorry. It's uh, <laughs> Late Check-In. Late Check-In. Late Check-In. About
0: sneakers. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is this still going to happen? Yes, yes. Damn right it is. So, look for out for that. We're a podcast network. We'll Also, when you make a 30-second ad, we'll play that at the end okay. of our episode. Okay. Oh, I- so.
2: Make, Make that happen. I got a twenty-five second pitch. So. All
0: right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So in that case, of our four albums that we have left, we're talking about number four through one. Number four, what would you nominate, Cody? Royalty. Royalty. Ooh, I'm so glad you brought up royalty right now. <laughs> uh, royalty, royalty, royalty. It's, <laughs> royalty. it's royalty. It's <laughs> royalty. <laughs>
1: I always hated that ad I either. hated oh, that too. It's the I price. hated Oh that. my god, so much. I, okay, I, I kind of think you're low-key supposed to hate it.
0: Yeah, because can we also briefly, it's just a quick side tangent, we talk about thirsty real quick. I feel like we've talked about it on the pod before. I don't recall it, we did.
1: I'm thirsty.
0: So there was this, so Skylar Spence, Do uh, we have to? friend of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, he is a uh, person we also loaned some of our themes for some of our seasons too. Really great guy. Uh, and the thing is, when we saw him live, there was an opening act uh, called Thirsty, who's kind of a hyper-pop EDM kind of you know. Like he's style. like
1: um, what's that fucking PC YouTube? music, yeah, PC yeah music. kind
0: of thing. Like really aggressive, hard speaker blown beats kind of thing. And the thing is, Thirsty had this thing where every time before every song, there'd just be this girl sample just going, "I am thirsty." Every fucking time. This and, is
1: producer tag.
0: Yeah, and it was one of the one of the worst artists I've ever seen in all of existence. That's what every time I hear, uh, it's royalty. That's what it reminds me of every single time. It's um, like even higher, though. Yeah. But for me, for the longest time, I always had in my mind that I didn't like royalty. I remember I got it when it first came out. And it was one of those things where genuinely, uh, I just had it in my head. Especially, I gave it like a once you listen. And it just was the thing that struck me. as just kind of very street level and very much kind of a lack of the childish Gambino you know, that we know and love. And realistic to it. so
1: unfair to it. Well,
0: and that's the thing. Listening to it this week, I have no idea why I had that perception because it is a remarkably considered record. It's one I don't even know how it is. You know, White's come out as a mixtape because it really, in many ways, feels like a studio record. Because when you get the fucking hypnotic brass ensemble in there on the song "American Royalty," well, if you have like, hypnotic like,
1: brass and Dessa on the same track, and you're like, I, yeah, I, I, feel, I this is this is the one where I was like, I. I'm low-key Sad that this isn't more widely available because I feel like uh, more people should hear it. And then,
2: I mean, I and I don't even know. No disrespect to the Bambino himself, but
1: like, you got Nipsey Hustle on it as well. Yeah, and fucking I mean, Nipsey. And Which like, that's the beat on that on Black Faces is so fantastic. And obviously, I mean, I love the lyrics too. But mm-hmm. I just like I vibe with that song so hard. And honestly, there's. This is a great fucking mixtape. I think We Ain't Them is a fantastic opener and tone setter because it's sort of in this, like, Daft Punk ballad kind of production area, which the the Kavinsky sample on R.I.P. is very much from that same universe to me, which Mm -hmm. I also love that song. Bun B's verse is fantastic. Yeah, I just... This this album is... It's overflowing really with
0: guest stars, too. And the thing is that, like, unlike other guest stars, like, say, Stone Mountain or whatnot, I really feel like some people really actually steal the spotlight sometimes because also Faces verse... On it, maybe the glamour life, just so casually brilliant as Ghostface killer pretty much always is. All
1: right, I was about to say when you have Ghostface on your album, he's probably going to steal the spotlight. Yeah. Which is also why that song's only a minute and a half, and it's just Ghostface's verse. And I it's feel so like f- I feel f- like God, yeah. like I'm not even going to try to compete with that. Exactly. I'm just going to let that stand on its own. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, also, wasn't
2: there was a, a feature on Bronchitis, right? Well, it's produced by Beck. I Beck that okay, much. it was Beck. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. But
0: Beck also appears, of course, on Silk Pillow, which is interesting.
1: Cringy.
2: Yeah.
0: Cringy. Um, <laughs> we have to, uh, debating, uh, debating adjectives of uh, how to describe this song. Uh, but, um, Cody, what what makes you love this record and what makes you
2: also put it at number four? Easy. One of the things that wins, like, man, like you you, you pointed out, American Rhodes beautiful mm-hmm. um i would have loved to have seen him continue the black kennedy's theme mm-hmm. throughout the rest of his works at least somewhere somehow because i that's cool like that's legit cool shit and i feel like he kind of just like did it and then forgot about it which i don't really appreciate but the one song that really just like nailed it in don't say estate. loved it toxic and i'm not even i'm not even saying that because of the britney spears beat that's my boner. Yeah. i Yeah, <laughs> Yeah You just I, let your Danny Brown stand. So I think this was like around the time, like. Well, they I were touring heard, together, right? Yeah, yeah. I had just started listening to Danny Brown, and he was still this new. Uh, wild, wild, out of the fucking nowhere. Different voice. Like, I was like hurt my ears, but I was like, I like that it hurts, and I want to hear more. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw <laughs> him on... He became a rap masochist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, a I still, his, his music has not changed one bit, and mm-hmm. I still listen to him like, yep, yeah, that's Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Toxic, man, it just... Well, for the record, the way it uses the Britney Spears sample is actually kind
0: of brilliant in the way that the, they use the too-high-can't-come-down as part of the chorus. I like it. It's weirdly sultry mm-hmm. in a way that the original was not. I, it's just... It is still a lot to take in. And that's the thing about this record is that it just veers into so many different styles. Unlike where Stone Mountain, where it kind of feels like, you know, kind of turgid and it kind of feels like in a lane, I feel like Royalty is like just a mash of experiments. Well,
1: and I also feel like part of why Royalty is resonating with us a little more is because Childish Gambino is credited as the producer on like at least half of the tracks. Mm -hmm. So it feels so much more like it's in his universe, whereas Mm -hmm. like Stone Mountain kind of felt... Like there's a little bit of a disconnect there because he didn't he wasn't putting himself into every aspect of mm-hmm. it, which he does on you know the rest of his discography.
0: Right. Some of the tracks I will say that's unnecessary, but for the most part, I would say overall
2: it's Wait, pretty. You didn't like unnecessary? I, didn't... I did not like I hate it. Hate that
1: song. I uh, hate unnecessary.
2: <laughs> so it is. So for me, that was the radio single, though. I was at yeah. first. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like how they broke up the word unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but it grew on me, and the and the actual verses in that song were very spot
1: on. Mm-hmm. That's I like the verses. Mm-hmm. verses were very good. Yeah. I I like the verses, but I, the hook just kills it for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had to get over that because at first I hated the hook too. Well, meanwhile, I
0: hate the hook and the verses of One Up. So that's just uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. But then again, you also it's one of the things where. The chance feature here is not, I think, the strongest chance feature, I will oh, say. No. Yeah. No, no. And also, it's one of the things, like, as much as I love how weird he gets on there, I did not like real estate uh, for the most part. I didn't I mean, like real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from, of course, Tina Fey at the end, which is actually a, kind of an a, astonishing cameo when you really think about
2: it. Uh, is it me, or does that not sound like Tina Fey? Does it sounds like her, right? Oh, it's
1: it Tina Fey. It sounds like Tina Fey. Oh, okay, yeah. I, maybe I just need to hear Tina Fey's voice before I go to sleep tonight. So. So we'll, just, we'll just have her... She has an episode on the call map, right? Yeah. No, I... Yeah, no, that sounds exactly That's, like Tina okay. Fey. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, man, I wonder how they got that to work. Like, you think Tina Fey just came into the studio, and
0: I I mean, he definitely invited her. That's the one thing I will say when he talks about earlier how about like Tina Fey is the person who gave him confidence and like told him of these things, and that's something that he references the lyrics. Like, okay, that makes sense. And so I remember also when this mixtape came out, there were like some like you know page six, some other stories of like Tina Fey, the rapper. You know, like uh, there was a lot of interest from like non-rap publications about it for the reason of kind of this jokey little guest verse that she has on there. Yeah, which I actually thought was like kind of cool. It was a weird way of like kind of you know generating buzz. Hype for it too, but yeah, it's a it's a strong record. I just feel like in the face of the other things that we have left, it's just not as strong. It's just kind
1: of bloated. Yeah, I mean, it's 18 tracks. Yeah, and not all of them are incredible, so it just doesn't quite and stand up to the it, other things we have. And this was a departure from. Punchline Gambino,
0: absolutely, and I feel like that was something that he needed to do as well, yeah. simply because after Cold Second, after Camp, and after that whole he's a hashtag rap rapper, uh, I feel like a lot of people just you know made the beat and murdered it. Casey Anthony, like okay, there's your punchline, I get it. Anthony, yeah, he needed to get away from that. So I mean, I I'm okay with that. Oh, I don't, oh go
2: ahead. Uh... Also, can we, since it's, I think it's really integral to him as an artist as well, can we just throw in his evolution through his voice as well? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so for example, I was listening to Cul-de-sac, I don't want to go back because we already, but when I was listening to it, my partner, uh, I asked her, you know, so, you know, just playing in the background, like, what do you think about it? And she's like, oh, that was a guy? Like, that sounded like a an alto, like, female singer. Oh. In Cul-de-sac. I was like... Wow. And this is someone for preference to never really listen to Childish Gambino, like present or past. So, like for her to say that,
1: I mean, breaks my bubble at least. There bit. is just something to be said that your voice matures a lot and continues to change throughout your entire life. Your voice continues to mature. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, he still sounds like a kid on Cul de Sac, and I feel like that's part of why you you hear a lot of on those early records that and the like, you know, because he's trying to like. Harsh himself up a little bit and, and you know, seem like he's had more crazy life experience than he, be the chestnut, you know, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. And then I feel like, even just a couple of years later, again, this is when we're looking at when this is in his life, this is technically tail end of puberty, still. You know, puberty doesn't technically end until you're 26, yeah. So, like, that's very true. You know, there was still a lot of, like, big changes in his maturity and and how he was not just speaking, but, you know, also he was finding his delivery and finding different ways to both sing and rap and yeah. getting better and better at that. And even, like, from cul-de-sac to royalty, there's a huge leap. Yeah. And, and that's what...
2: and. That's helped him solidify the system before because going with royalties when he moved back to Stone Mountain and recorded it mm-hmm. with his cousin C G and I think just with his connections and C G's they were able to do a lot of collaborations that brought this stuff together. Yeah. I it just it just brought out a different side of him that I really appreciated and I loved his. Well, and, I, and I
0: also feel like royalty was made to prove a point too because I feel like there's a degree of separatism that he had from the hip hop community just yes. because oh, he was you. Exactly. you know because he was on TV because he was a writer you know there's that one line he has NBC's not the only thing I'm coming on tonight uh, you know like he's uh, you know
1: exactly. but it's one of those things
0: where he was also from you know and, you know, he's a nerdy sketch comedy kind of kid and you know, he's doing these things a lot of it's kind of jokey joke and I feel like camp there's a lot of struggle between yeah. him trying to be hard on there and I feel like like with royalty of him getting all these names on here, really right. kind of oh. firmly like, was like, a move to establish himself. It's like I have hip hop credentials.
1: I got Ghostface on
2: my album. Right. <laughs> I, mean, <exactly. laughs> I mean, when
1: you got Ghostface and Rizza and Bun B on your album, three songs in a row. Yeah. Like that's that was a flex. Let's call it what it is. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So and then you know and it's like credit to him on there, but that said, I am perfectly fine with putting oh. royalty at number four.
2: Also, quick aside uh for moving on. Also, love Schoolboy Keys. Uh, mm-hmm. verse and un- oh That's yeah, another yeah, reason yeah. why I loved unnecessary because his his verse was he felt it was boring. very necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, number four, <laughs> we
0: have a royalty. God damn it. Uh, number three, uh Taryn, we have because the
1: internet, kawaii and three fifteen twenty left. <sighs> I know, we're getting down to the shit. So this is, I know that my number one is uh, heavily disagreed upon by the general Childish Gambino fan base, uh, just based on um, reviews that I was looking at. Um, For me, what would come next is because of the internet. And I think it's really, really solid. I think, you know, it, for good reason, has some of his biggest hits on it. Mm But it also is, again, it's 19 tracks. Obviously, there's some like interludes and some shorter ones, but there's a lot of experimentation happening here. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is really successful, and some of it is skippable. And so that, yeah, that's why I would put it at number three. Even though it has fucking... I mean it's, uh, it's just so good
0: because the internet is an incredible mess of an album and I mean that truly it is wild it is all over the places it is basically him kind of breaking out of this bubble of being a rapper and like being mm-hmm. a funk and soul and pop artist all at the same time while still being a rapper it is just a confluence of sounds smashing yeah. against each other also
2: like throwing some experimental EDM yeah well, right
1: like full noise
2: core in a few places i've I, I made really unpopular comment but i legitimately love to turn my headphones up and listen to the zealots of stockholm wow i actually really dig that one yeah, yeah i know look it's it's hard but it is but it transitions and it becomes so peaceful and you're like damn i'm like that was good it was blissful now that was exactly. good because <laughs> it like it's like and it like yeah. levels out yeah
0: and like as much as like it, it opens hard because crawl hits you.
1: Crawl is so fucking good. <laughs> crawl, so the crawl, crawl would like I feel like would have the potential to be among my all time favorite challenge Gambino songs if the sample was less of the song because the verses on that track hits so hard. You know, he starts the verse and then when the beat kicks in, in both of the verses, it's just, I like, I lose my shit sitting at my computer and just, like, go in. And I also think that the transition into World Star is fantastic. World Star Star. fucks. World Star is, like, really intense and, and I just... I I love it as a listening experience. Yeah. There are so
0: many great fucking moments on here, too. I mean, aside from the fact that like The Worst Guys is kind of like an obvious pop moment, and yet it's not my biggest pop takeaway on here, like, it's kind of amazing. Because 3005 is just a striking song. And this is one of the things we were talking about identity. He is at this point here where he is famous and then he just doesn't know what to do with it. I think the most crushing line pretty much on the whole album comes from 3005 when he just talks about when the check's clear, they're not here. And I feel like that just kind of speaks about this is a super fucking sad record. It really is. Uh, and the thing is, there were so many just incredible moments on here of him articulating that or fighting against it on these other things here. My personal favorite, let me just tell you, Shadows as a song is just gorgeous. It yeah. is Brilliant. striking. No,
1: that's a... Uh, yeah. Thundercat helped on that Of one. course
0: he did. Because yeah, he that did. is exactly... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Thundercat
1: you can you hear it. Thundercat helped on um, Shadows and on um, Pink Toes.
2: Mm-hmm. I think of Pink Toes a listening. Uh, just... I'm not a big Janae fan, so I've never really... I don't know many people who are,
0: personally. I mean, I know a lot of people love her uh, Chalumbo, which came out this year. There's yeah. a lot of people that really thought it was a strong album. But, like, especially her earlier stuff, especially her song that she did with him on her record, Bed Piece it's just pretty... Oh,
2: she's the wow. one who got romantically involved with this.
0: Yeah, well, and even when... I We were looking at the Sway freestyle he did over the uh, uh, Cake beat by yeah. Drake, uh, and he mentions at one point during his freestyle, like, a lot of people wondering about whether or not they're dating... Uh, which I guess I guess it permeated a lot of his career too. I mean,
1: she's in the Oakland video, mm-hmm. so and she like, also went to Kauai as well. Yeah, well, they filmed well, that in Kauai. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, but now is he dating SZA? Who knows? It's a whole, it's a whole different. No, I mean, he's not. He's a father now, so it's a whole different experience. But uh, that being be said, <laughs> it was just also talking, we yeah. haven't
1: talked about sweatpants. Oh yeah, oh, sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. Um, that timer friskers don't start up by the way. Uh <laughs> they, that, no they do start up yeah. they still work as cars <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh but the, they make noise Yeah that sweatpants is such a fucking baller side and it's one of those things where you could tell his flow and his delivery had refined to an incredible point point. and the thing is that like him as a rapper on the royalty mixtape proper it's just such a quantum leap in terms of what he's able to accomplish on because of the internet too because then there's also his rapid fire verses on the party too which are also just like mm-hmm. insane just the level of precision that he's able to hit on there like this whole record it is a frustrating record it is overstuffed with too many things and yet i still appreciate it so very much
2: yeah I do like the transition between shadows to telegraph to sweatpants mm-hmm. to like those. I mean that four
1: tracks that yeah that I can just have on repeat mm-hmm. yeah like, that just flows me so well. Mm-hmm. And then after I mean they're I... even grouped together. Oh, in the stylization of the album tracks yeah that one through five it's like a chapter. Uh, no, no, yeah. like he wanted that he like he knew that he's like this is my shit. I'm putting it right here in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You... You well, got me there. Well, the def- is labeled
0: no, twenty-five. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. Well the whole point of it there was that there's a screenplay yeah. that came out with this.
2: They at did at the same time. I, I was actually did he ever finish that screenplay? Because last time I looked, which was a long time ago, yeah. but he was still like writing the rest of it.
0: There I, when I was looking, I was using Genius a lot through this just because it was a great point for reference points for just context as well as obviously more accurate lyrics. Uh, but the thing is that they also mentioned they had all five parts of the screenplay on their site too. And then there was a link to the video of the clips he had filmed filmed Mm -hmm. so far to the point which is just more of a collection and the screenplay is only 76 uh, 76 pages long which is roughly 76 minutes so not like a full full film uh but definitely i think what he was was trying to achieve for the album and everything was soundtracked by a certain song or whatever so whether or not that part of it is successful we still have the album as the hang on and again it's one of those things i love it and i and i hate it at certain points too there are some things that here that just don't work for me um i'd say around the time we start getting around to uh no exit doesn't do anything for me personally
1: um I really oh freaking flight of the navigator yeah i deep, deep, love that song deep, 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 deep. i want to love deep, that song deep, deep, deep. i would really like it if it didn't go <laughs> in the background yeah you're laughing because you know exactly what i'm talking about i literally i'm I like why is this for- sample oh, here? So goofy no so, yeah it takes it takes me out of it yeah. And I don't even think it's not that I think there should be nothing there. I just don't know why that why that sound uh, on this otherwise like really pretty chill experience and then there's like this hype noise sample playing on repeat. I don't know it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work for me but well, I, I I want to like it more than I do. Well, let's
0: put it this way. Cody, would you throw this at number three? Um, no Ooh, what would you what would you? Kawaii and (sighs)
1: everything.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Kawaii for a second. Kawaii... Kawhi Fox. I don't know if y'all know this here. Uh, It's one of those things where I just that idea, I feel like, especially as a rapper and especially on Because the Internet, he's starting to discover that he can do outside of the realm of just pure rap. And I feel like with Because the Internet he's really kind of leaning a little bit more into some potential kind of like pop experience Elements that he kind of saw on camp, but he could really explore a little Mm -hmm. bit more fully here because he realized he's not a rap artist. He is a musician. And I think that there's kind of this degree of freedom that he's just kind of discovering through it. And I feel like with uh, uh, Kawhi, God damn, when he wants to have a fucking hit, he can. And I don't know how sober wasn't a fucking radio hit. That song is so fucking good. It is so
2: fucking good. Yeah, I, I was playing it and my roommate just started bobbing his head. He's like, Oh yeah, I remember this song. Ding, ding, so ding, ding. Like, it. He's like, I love yeah, this. So I also yeah.
1: Make It Pop these Make It Feel Good. That is a Michael Jackson single. i love that song i i don't as much love the jaden smith outro although i do appreciate what he was trying to go for there (laughs) that's the entire Um, career
0: of jaden smith musically though well that's no jaden
1: smith didn't write the verses Uh, oh they're performed by they're performed by jaden smith so because it's like memories mm-hmm. of childish gambino but uh childish gambino wrote the jaden smith verses which wow. i thought was a very interesting that is teasing. very interesting i um, actually
0: kind of honestly and by the time they get to late night in it's just that kind of like monologue that he has there it's kind of it's groovy it, no like it i works. really dig into well, and it. that, that low-key synth sounds if you take yeah.
1: it more and that's why i like the outro on on pop thieves i just i don't like them together as one track because "Pop Thieves" is such a radio single to me that mm-hmm. I wish I just had it on its own. Mm-hmm. But like, if if what you're going for is the late night in Kauai like drum circle spoken word vibe, then that's great. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I also think "Palisades" is a fucking fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Um Like these are just I like I'm a pop head, and this is this is the purest the, the, the straight form injection yeah. of pop. Childish Gambino and so I I really really dig it so for me I never really liked a lot of his, his pop side music okay mm-hmm. I just
2: I so it's funny I've always like identified with him trying to become like a better rapper but then whenever he diverted to pop I was just like I like so you rapper. fucking sell out yeah. to a bass to a bass but
1: I mean you, you. on the one hand I get that on the other hand he's been doing full like R&B song songs since cul-de-sac yeah You know, Got This Money doesn't have any rap on it. And I think be... It's always been part Of who he is
0: Yeah and you know? the thing is That I feel like The other thing about His pop moments there Is that I think We would know If it wasn't genuine Like if there was A degree of him Just doing a fucking Sellout verse For whatever reason If he was jumping On a fucking Imagine Dragons track Or you something like that You mean all
1: of the Guest verses he did From 2012 to 2014 You mean
0: when he was On the uh, fucking Well and the thing is That genuinely If you think about that In terms of like His Ariana Grande Or his Leona Lewis Or whatever the fuck He's jumping on right. then By the time we're Around here It still feels like He's doing it on his own terms And I feel like there's something to it that, even retro takes a beat off of the fucking sick boy mixtape and actually repurposes it into what i think is ultimately a better song too Mm -hmm. and so it's one of the things i really appreciate this now the beach picnic version of 3005 useless yeah pretty i fully agree on that one well
1: it's also funny because so i apparently when this album was coming out there was like a hidden like puzzle to figure out on the website and eventually the childish gambino reddit gave up so childish gambino himself like made an account and went on there and like walked them through the steps of how do you unlock the verse for 3005 beach picnic version so there is if you go on youtube there's a version with verses over it which which are original, which okay. I think is very odd. Mr. Illuminati. Yeah, I think it's a lot of effort. Exactly, okay. exactly. exactly. Which I, I just think that just makes the, the version on the album that much more stupid to me. Because I just... I, they, like, yes, you switched up the production, but it's not interesting enough for me to warrant, like, repeat listens. Because I already have 3005, and I like that song.
2: Yeah. And... Don't 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 change something that's so good and familiar. Like, yeah. It's
0: just it was good. Okay, while we're here though, we're talking mm-hmm. about these two things here. I feel like it'd be a miss if we didn't also talk about three fifteen twenty as well, since we're uh, just talking about since everything. Since we're here, let's yeah, just let's ahead just and fucking talk go about it. about it. Yeah, exactly. Cody, what do you? I mean,
2: I have these one one spot left for me. Okay. No, we're we're just talking about it. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I we're love not. It. We're, oh yeah, exactly yeah, exactly. I. Absolutely loved it. Thoroughly. Okay. So now, 315, sorry, everything that wasn't in Awake My Love was in 315. Like he, I think he took what he didn't do in Awake My Love and put it in 315 and added even more of his own originality to it and hit, and and, and even with that, some of the uh, pop influence in 315 and made it beautiful. Like I, like I don't know how he did it but somehow he was able to blend a little bit of pop and funkadelic and add a little modern twist of himself into it and it was I think it's beautiful and I love
1: 31520 I do too I was really surprised pleasantly surprised by this album I felt like exactly like you said I think he took the lessons he learned on Awaken My Love and applied them back to more of a genuine exploration of what his His, music is and I think that while well, from like a ooh I'm putting a twenty four hour continuous loop of this album on my website and so I'm and changing it down. and yeah. so I'm changing all of the t- track titles to the timestamps so you can tell where you are in the album that's the thought behind that but it makes no fucking sense <laughs> from from a commercial standpoint to because there's then a, a disconnect you know people can't remember which of the songs they liked. Because they don't have an album t- or they don't have a title to associate it with, but also the, I mean, the album art is literally just white. Yeah. So I think uh, I think there was a there was a I mean right, yeah. but I definitely think there was a conscious choice to make this album non-commercial, which <laughs> I think is fascinating because I think that nineteen ten beautiful sounds like. Beautiful. Sounds like, peak, <laughs> sounds like peak era Prince, and I think it should be on the radio right this second. I think it needs a video stat. I think Algorithm is insane Un- okay. and unreal and so fucking good. So, Please. This is what I love about Game.
2: There are certain songs that. So, for example, Heartbeat. I remember exactly the year, the month where I was when I oh, first heard Heartbeat. Algorithm, I remember exactly where I was, what I was eating, like the weather was. <laughs> I remember when like that that shit hit I was like damn this is nice this is this is this is the Gambino I knew and like I had been missing probably since because of the internet for me damn okay
1: and it also algorithm for me. It almost feels like it's it's coming from that lineage of the funkadelic, mm-hmm. but it sounds so utterly modern in yes. its production and its stylistic choices. Yes, which I you know, awaken my love was full throwback, whereas this is pulling that into the new era. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for an album that's coming out in twenty twenty, I don't know. I just it, it feels like such a great like launching point to oh. me. And then I mean, just this. This whole fucking thing, I think Sweet Thing is a great jam. Oh, fucking vibrate. We have to talk about vibrate.
0: <laughs> With which, uh, 21 Savage. Which, first yeah. of all,
1: is far and away the most streamed song from this album. For on, good reason. On multiple streaming platforms. Yeah. Like that, which I think is fascinating, but also I love. Really? Um, Even more than the Ariana Grande summer? collaboration. Also, yeah. Oh, now it feels like summer. Yeah. I mean, but that came out two years ago.
0: Yeah. yeah. Part of the summer pack. Well, okay,
1: um, and okay. But before, Let's clarify but that. Yeah, again. before we jump
0: into this, the whole idea of this kind of this timestamp artistic statement thing and this white album cover, I there's a degree of which I feel like. Childish Gambino was surprised by his success to a degree I think because like the fact that Redbone was a mega multi-platinum hit like it was like it kind of stunned everything he didn't show up to the Grammys for any of that shit he didn't show up when he won for This is America the fact that he put out a standalone song of This is America with this very wild and innovative music video and it becomes his first chart topper straight up that's not on this album whatsoever Mm -hmm. and I feel like even the fact that he put out uh, Summer was it Summertime Magic and Feels Like Summer is part of the summer pack kind of a two-song. EP or what have you, like, the fact that people then immediately gravitated towards Feels Like Summer, of like, oh shit, this Gambino hits so different. This is that soulful kind of shit that is so different even from Awaken My Love, too. It's almost like there's this degree of, like, the fact that he only includes that song on here and not This Is America— I just wonder... This debuted at number 13 on the charts. This should have been a fucking chart-topper. This should have been number one. There were no real radio singles that were out here to promote this at the uh, same time.
2: Beautiful could have been a radio single. Again, could have been. been it but it I think it should have exactly. been. Exactly.
0: And the thing is, I feel like there's this degree of like, okay, he made it, and then he put it out, and it's just, I don't know what his relationship is with music, why he's gonna do lazily, and I'm sorry, truly, lazily named this album three fifteen twenty, the name of the date of the release... Because well, at this point,
1: it I feels... Mean, it, it feels like he didn't want to promote it. Right. It yes. Feels like Thank he, you. He wanted to just put it out because he had these songs and he wanted to release them, but but, Childish Gambino wasn't where his head was at. Or mm-hmm. if it was, it was uh, in a place that I cannot uh, understand. Because mm-hmm. it, this is... That's exactly what I was saying. It's it's an anti-commercial choice. Multiple, yeah. multiple choices were made specifically to downplay the impact of this album, which I just think is
0: fascinating. Which comes out on Columbia Records, a major label, definitely not Glass Note. You know, like, these are all things working in his favor. And it's so strange because, again, this album is just so great. Because then you have Littlefoot, this little fucking acoustic stomp jam of a number two. Mm-hmm. You have yet uh, another and more songs about loving your children, you know, which is another continuing thing well, with that's, Under the
1: Sun. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, also I mean, both Under the Sun and the violence, um, which i the violence is another like fantastic it feels mm-hmm. like a stevie wonder tribute to me mm-hmm. um, Okay. and then under the sun is like i don't know where that's coming from it again it feels a little funkadelic but it it kind of just goes all over the place and i i love each individual part of it and i think it creates a fascinating full piece of work as a song yeah i the i mean the work the
2: work on his voice too was like like Unlike anything we've ever heard before, as mm-hmm. well. like mm-hmm. the, the, vis- the visceral like tone that he
1: has through all these songs,
0: and the fact and... that he's willing to change his voices when he on algorithm this whole this whole speaking well, the, thing through is the, whole the, time. Yeah. the yeah. range
1: of voice we hear from him. You could, I mean, the thing is, a lot of artists would have gotten four or five different features to get the textures that they wanted for all of these varied performances, and he, you know, is able to do it all himself. Mm-hmm. So that
0: leads us to, of course, where we're talking about this year. And I got to be honest, it's one of those things where between these three releases here, because the internet, Kawhi and 31520, um, I'm kind of split a little bit here. For me, it's not unequivocal. And if I were to talk about in terms of like risks, in terms of like artistic achievement, um, honestly, I would rank because the internet higher than 31520. That's where I'm currently at on it. Simply for the reason of even if there are fa- facets of because of the internet that don't work, the ambition and reach are so much greater and stronger.
1: So, are you saying that you would put three, fifteen, twenty at number three, and then because of the internet and then Kawaii would be your ranking? I. I'm just, I, I,
0: okay. Let's just lay the cards on the table because we had talked about this for almost two hours at. at this point, yes. right? <laughs> I, I mean, which I wasn't expecting. I'm so glad again, Cody, he's here. Kid underscore Cody okay, um, with uh, I will say, personally, my personal ranking, and I'm kind of this debate has really kind of solidified and refined it for me. My I think my 3 2 1 would be Kawhi 315 and because of the internet.
1: You would put because of the internet at number one, yes. Wow. I wasn't really you, expecting I that. I wasn't expecting that either, But that's you've talked just... so much this week about how frustrating it is. And yet I can't... understand why you're doing that. Yeah, I just... It's one of those things... And it is
0: frustrating, but yet it's one of those things where I am just so compelled by this just incredible... Like, this psychologically thing, I can't even fully comprehend, statement of a record about fame and loneliness and sadness that's also pop-heavy and also rap-friendly and also experimental. You know, like, it's just so many things at once where I... Maybe if I don't put it on the most... I appreciate the fuck out of what that record and what it is trying to achieve, even if it doesn't achieve every aspect of it. And I can say that more than just about any other Childish Gambino album, is that it's maybe its ambition exceeds its grasp, but holy fuck, has there ever been a record, a rap record like this in our recent memory that's not a fucking Kendrick album that is as introvertedly ambitious, as ambitious as this is,
2: you know? Mm. Mm. That's just where I'm at, personally. Cody, where are you at? Uh, so for me, it really, like I said before, he's taking lessons from every single album he's, yes he's put them in three hundred and fifteen, twenty, very strategically and i appreciate that because it alleviates a lot of frustration that i had with waking my love and i know we to yeah. read on that but it's a it, it, part one episode listen to it guys uh it, it alleviated a lot of the frustration i had and I'm, I'm telling you when you put this for me at least when i put that album on it just sings free to me like it, like... I, Unvarnished, unchanged. Uh, yeah, just like, like it, yeah. I, I feel like I'm listening to, in its core, Gambino back in Kulisak camp, camp days. Really? But with all the lessons he's learned, and put them in here. So all what? the pain, and all the all the growth. So how would you rank what we have left? Three, two, one. Uh, I would say, Kauai, Because Internet, and 31520. Where are you at?
1: And I would say, Because the Internet, Kauai, 31520.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I think, at the very least, I think maybe as a consensus, is no one had it as their number one. I think we can maybe put number, Kawhi at number three. I
1: I think I would agree with that. I, I think, think we can probably do that, and if we do that, then, then I think voting wise, voting it would because, wise, be because the internet into Kawhi or three fifteen twenty at number one. How do you feel about that, Cody? I feel good about it. Okay. Well, in that case... So many fans are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Are I you kidding me? I'm so excited. 1520 I... is the best challenge can be in album, but it is. I invite all of your constructive
0: criticism to thechartographers at gmail.com. But guys, just for a, for a recap of everything that we've done, the first four albums, of course, uh, number five through eight, we talked about in episode one, so listen to that for that ranking. But in terms of this episode and our top four... Number four is royalty. Number three is Kauai. Number two is because of the internet. And as you know, number one is the Spanish rap from Community. Of course, it's incredible. It's iconic. Legendary, truly. <laughs> no, its three fifteen twenty. 3-15-20.
1: <laughs> but hey, everyone. Anyway, w- w-
0: Listen, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us, because this has been a heck of a journey. We have one more episode after this, which is the Happy Hour Mini Show, where we just talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about that's not related to the ranking of the albums. I'm so excited to dig into this, but most importantly, I'm so excited that we had... Fucking Cody Gordon here on this episode. (laughs) Cody, thank you so much for being here. I just really, like, this is a true honor thank yeah. you so much absolutely Well, it's hey, pleasure yeah and hey if you have thoughts and I know you do please don't forget to go ahead and leave a review when you leave a review it helps other people find the podcast even if it's a negative one trust me uh, also do the thing reach out to us on Twitter reach out to us on Facebook or the chartographers at gmail.com we would love your comments love to know what you think as well but in the meantime keep on listening because you know that we'll be have a good one everybody
1: goodbye
0: bye I'll let you. I'll let you figure that. Out. Probably. I mean, if you're there from the first half of the day, take like half of the day. Snappers run. Okay.
2: Oh, it's the Googie.
0: Is what? We're recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna yes, cut yes, all this yes, out. You
2: oh, okay. This on oh
1: okay. Everything you say
0: is on record. Oh okay. Say your most controversial opinions right
2: now about politics. Uh, Epstein is still alive. He just had his. He just had. <laughs> is that too far. <laughs> Is that too far? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. You're
2: listening to the Trotogoverse. <laughs>